Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Don't want you to sing though. Oh, well, uh, I'm gonna ruin it. But ding dong, merrily on high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At Santa, baby. No, mine Slip is the present. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Like I sing that over and over. Go on. It's the most wonderful time of the of year. Yeah. Um, yesterday, uh, Bonnie and I were in the car, and we, I, I didn't want to listen to whatever was on, and we went, let's find Elf Radio. Elf Radio put is it my favourite. Yeah, it's the best. I love it. I love yeah. Christmas. I my Christmas tree is up. I wanted to put it up. Well, hang on. Now let's be honest. We're recording this on um, in the nearly the final week of November. It's a bit early for Christmas tree. Yeah, so it's the twenty first of November today. Everyone will be listening to this much closer to Christmas. But my Christmas tree has been up for twenty one days. Oh, well, you know I have my Christmas decorations up I hear year round, you. Yeah, and that's I a lot. Re- is it flashing? I re- Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, tree. can I tell you what happened? I said to Nicholas, I need Christmas. I need it. I need yeah. it in my yeah. life. Because for those who don't live in Victoria or Australia, our state is or was the most locked down place in the world. But now we're the angriest. There's now we're angry the angriest. marching people everywhere. Correct. And when we came out of lockdown, I was like, oh, good. 2021 can end, but then I realized there was still another eight weeks of this damn year left. Mm. And I said, I want Christmas early. So I, there was one weekend where my sister and my mum were over. And because I want everyone to come to my house and help me put my Christmas tree up, it's a thing. Yep. Anyway, so my mum and my sister were over and I was like, let's get the Christmas tree. Nico, off to the shed to get the tree. And he was like, nah. You're not doing it. Why? Like, you're just not doing it. He's Why? Like, Stop it. He's like, you're like, it's too early. Really was dismissive of my Christmas spirit. So my mum and my sister left. I was laying on the How couch. How long have you been married? Because this is kind of a divorce type thing. Absolutely. Situation. Well, I'm going to say Nico's the voice of reason. So oh, I'm like, Stop being controversial. Well, wait. So then I'm laying on the couch. About half an hour later, Nico walks out. He goes, what did you want to have for dinner? I'm crying. Oh, oh no. No. <laughs> no. No. I had tears rolling down my face. And he was like, what do you want to have for – what's wrong with you? And I said, I'm just really upset that you wouldn't let me have Christmas. And I know I'm being unreasonably mad about this, but I just really wanted it. And he was like, oh, my God. Had I known that you were going to be this upset about it, I would have let you have it. And I was like, he's like, I'll go get the tree right now. I was like, no. My sister and my mum are gone now. It doesn't matter. They're not here to help me. I'm not going to hold it up on my own. Yeah. And so then the next weekend, he's like, I'm not standing in the way of you and Christmas. So you do what you need to do. Right. And look, it's a bit Home Alone on. A little bit. No, it's not. Home Alone isn't even screening it. No, that's going too fast. I put Home Alone on. We ate gingerbread. We put the tree up. It was the happiest time of my life. Okay, it's a little bit unhinged. But I don't care. See, I love Christmas decorations. Or oh, Last year, I saw a video of a little boy in America 
Yeah. Did you see? It was like a little toddler. I may have mentioned this You're last not year. elaborating much. So we'll <laughs> narrow it down. <laughs> well, he couldn't, well I, it, it went viral on TikTok, let me tell you that. Okay. And he wow. couldn't say yeah. Christmas decorations. He oh. said Christmas decorations. Oh, I did see <laughs> that. Did you see it? Decorations. So I call them decorations. That was very cute. Every time I see the word, I just want to say Christmas decorations. I don't know it's... if anyone uh, will understand what I'm talking about. The air feels different. It's just wonderful. Yeah, but it's still the November air. So, well, we better explain. So we, as you may have seen if you were on our Facebook page, we agreed to um, just take an extended break, A, yes. because we're all just... A, Cookiness. We're all <laughs> exhausted. I was a real mess this year. I was double abandoned. And Kirsten, you can have your say in a minute, but just let me get this out because <laughs> Kirsten left me and then my daughter yeah. left me. And if your children move out of home, I yep. don't want to talk about it. All right, I will. It's like the biggest hole in my heart. My girl oh, is yeah. gone. Fortunately, she comes back a couple of times a week. And the first time she came back, she brought some bits of washing with her because she hadn't worked out how to use her washing machine. I've never been so happy to see dirty underpants in my life. So, <laughs> so I so, had... Yes, mummy will do them. We were in lockdown and I follow your daughter on social media and I saw it happening like a slow car <laughs> crash. I saw her post yeah. about yes, her new place and yeah. I was like, oh, I had to take that photo of the back of her putting up the salt sticker. What do you think was happening in my heart at that time? Like, my heart is being sold down the river. Oh, I kept going over there going, do you need, do you need some more of these here? You'll pop these in I your know. fridge. You might need them. She's left you. Curse left you. And then Kirsten, you can explain why you left. Yeah, well, mine's like, I mean, both reasons are very exciting, but, um, you know, haven't been up to much. Became a mum, guys. Yeah. So <laughs> Very, very exciting. So she's, we got a brand spanking new one and she's yep. about six and a half weeks old. Yes, yeah, she um, is. And bloody hell, she's such a gift. Like we are oh. in this absolute love bubble. Um, oh. So I took some time off work. I won't be back till January with Dee Dee. But, see, um, <laughs> see, not there and I hate it when she's not and there. And you know what? Kirst and your daughter, Bonnie, are out living their best lives without you. I know they are. And that's that's got me in pieces as well. I'm just a mess, a puddle on the floor. Um, and I have to tell you what Kirsten said to me because we could talk to each other still. Sure. Uh, I think the baby was maybe two weeks old, maybe two and a half. And Kirsten and I had a conversation where she in all seriousness, seriousness Serious said to me yep. that her little girl yep. was quite clever. Yep, <laughs> she is. I think that's fair. You're allowed to say, look, Kirst, I will put the same My judgment child. on you that you did on me for Christmas. Yeah, fair um, enough. <laughs> I think that there's probably absolutely no way you can know if your child is clever at two weeks old, but I will let you have it. Thank you. No, there have been times where she sort of holds see. her bottle up herself. Like, that's, see, pretty, see. that's pretty advanced, I would see, say. That's the evidence. That is advanced. <laughs> that's the evidence. Yeah, <laughs> that is advanced. Genius math club. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Here she comes. Everyone thinks their baby is advanced. Um, so the other reason, apart from just a quick catch up, to, that we had to reconvene in a hurry and do this special Christmas episode is because Chanel has got something going on and we were unable to sort it out via text. Okay, so, so my my dog has dog COVID. What? No, not even that. We need to hear about your neighbour as well. But tell oh, us. There's a lot going on in my life. Okay, so I think uh, 
OG listeners of the pod will remember when Barry decided to almost die in lockdown last year, yep. right? He just like flatlined yep. and we spent $13,000 saving him and I did not regret $1 of that um, money. So we never really worked out what, what happened to him. He just went downhill. He got a fever. He was not okay. He had sepsis. We brought him back. It was a horrific time in my life. So anyway, about three weeks ago, it happened again, but we picked up on it much earlier but yeah. he did need to go to animal hospital we spent a shitload of money again but i love him and that's fine mm. and then a week after he got out of animal emergency he's just walking around the house going <clears throat> what is that kennel cough oh okay not actual COVID. he got well it's like dog COVID. oh so he picked it up in emergency he was like walking around coughing everywhere we had to take him back to the vet and the vet's like yep that's kennel cough. You need Ooh. to give him this. And he was like, and your other dog's going to get it. And it was literally like talking about COVID. The vet's like, there's no point keeping them apart. The incubation period's already started. Within 14 days, your other dog is going to have this cough. And it was today. The other wow. dog, just as I started leaving, we started doing the cough. So there's just a lot of dog COVID going on in my house. And you can't put a mask on a dog, can can't you? Can't put a mask on a dog. So Did you I'm, think about Well, I'm like, it? what do you do for dog COVID? They're like cough syrup. What? Yeah. Like human cough syrup? Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. So I have to give my dogs cough syrup oh. every night. That's what's happening in my household. How do they take and it? Are they oh, they hate that? it. Mm. They hate it. It is like, <laughs> and the smaller one, see Barry. I've do you it hide before. it in the food? Can no, you, Barry's not smart, right? He's just not smart. You know how you think your daughter's clever? Mm. I know that one of my dogs is not smart. <laughs> so he's just like... You do something to him once and he forgets within 24 hours. So you come at him again with the cough syrup. He's like, oh, that could be good. And he's in. Whereas the smaller one who's just got dog COVID. Mm-mm. What if Smart. he somehow accidentally gets one of your earbuds in his ear and what? somehow on your phone, bump, bump, the pod just starts playing and he hears you saying that about him. Nah. That's very hurtful. He's silly though and mm. he loves me so it's fine. And your neighbour, the, oh. the neighbour we were having to receive emergency pictures and messages about, okay. I still don't so, know what's going on there. Again, OG listeners of this pod would know that I think or I have thought for some time that my neighbour is possibly a murderer because I think I've told the story. Was this based on an incinerator or something? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, he was burning stuff in the backyard yeah. constantly yeah. and then was very odd when we had to remove a piece of the fence, wanted to make sure that we he was home when we did it, Yeah, um, was really possessive of how the fence was put back. And then I think I told you, like, Nico went to talk to him once in the driveway and he only put his window down because he was in his car, a little crack, mm-hmm. yeah, that's and was odd. just talking yeah. over the crack. And so... <laughs> We have, and then he kept saying, my wife and kids, my wife and kids, and we've never heard kids in that backyard. Mm. It's only ever him. Anyway, two years of lockdown, about last week, I start hearing things. I can hear chatter in the backyard. There's hard rubbish out the front. They've taken like the awnings off the windows. Nah, just Can't resist weird stuff. Oh, so good. Just okay. weird yeah. stuff. And I said to Nick, I said to Nico, something's going on. I need to look over the fence. He was like, Chanel, you're going to get fucking murdered. Please don't look over the fence. Yeah. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm a hun- So I Can know- they murder you through a crack? Like if he's well, only going to communicate through a crack. In my lounge room, if I stand on the couch at a certain point, I can see up over their fence through the window. Right. Do and it I, then. I, I've been doing it nonstop. Good. And Nicholas is constantly tugging on the back of my jumper saying, get down, get down. And I'm never getting no, down. No, I always get up. I was actually standing up on the kitchen bench last yeah. night with binoculars yeah. trying to see what was going 
going on behind my neighbor's See? house. See, I yep. approve that. Mm-hmm. And so they've like cleaned up all the backyard. There's two men there I've never seen before. But the, the weird neighbor's car is still in the driveway, but I don't know where he is. What's happening? I don't know. But I said to Nico, if, if homicide turn up and say, we want to have a chat to you about your neighbor. Yep. I, Come on in. Where do I start? Officer? Yeah. Where and do I start? Photographic evidence. So here we At are. At the moment, it just looks like a person mowing a lawn. I know. So That's... I sent photos to Dee Dee and Kirst. Yeah, but it's just a person mowing was... a lawn. That's not I know, documenting a crime. I was documenting. <laughs> this At was real investigating. It's I've not done. a lead. Yeah. I know. But this is what you get when you live next to me. I'm aware of the surroundings. Right. Of, at all, all, all t- like I'll say to Nico, number five, I've got a new fence. He's like, how do you know that? I said, because I know they've got a new fence and the people at number 12 have moved out. I'm all over it. Yeah, that's so Kieran does that here. He's all over everything. Yeah. And, he, and he, I don't know when he has these conversations with people because they're, they're building this new road up the road from yeah. us, uh, from people in Melbourne, A North East road. Link. Yeah. yeah. And they're demolishing house, houses. I saw. Some just people, here. Yeah, one's gone and others have moved out. That one that's gone, yeah. you know who lived in there? The no. guy who murdered Eurydice Dixon. <gasps> he rented in the first what? one that's now demolished. Yes. I only found out from a mutual friend of ours, Tammy, who's a crime reporter, or yeah. reporter, because she said, oh, it was in your street or in your neighbourhood because he apparently had rented at that house. Anyway, oh. it's gone now. It's been demolished. Okay. Um, and now there's two more houses where the people have moved out. And you know what? They've got a, both of them have got box hedges and I want to go up and steal their plants. My because sister did this. My well, can you do this. it? I have to know. They're going to pull you them down. You absolutely can. So uh, a good friend of mine, Jackie Felgate, yeah. put up on Instagram that she was – here I am, this house is about to be demolished and we're building a new house. Yeah. And my sister spied box hedges in the corner and Go messaged and her and said, can I come get the box hedges? And I reckon it needs to be like a full-on operation. I want Kieran with his truck. I want big oh. equipment. Oh, I'm going up there with heavy boots on and I'm going to dig them out and bring them here and put them around the you garden. You definitely should. Mm. Uh, Anything we... else we need to get oh, out of the way? No. Oh, just one quick thing sure. that makes me think of you every time because okay. we love the Queen. I know you love the Queen. Oh, I can't talk about it. Oh, I was so worried about her the other day. I'm Remember when still she said, worried about oh, her. The passage of time. She was talking about being tired. She missed four events within the space of a short, you know, a couple of weeks. And then I know when she did bob up and purple did... hands. Yes, <laughs> I know. I'm across it. I'm so across it. Why but can I, I also say one thing? So for those who don't live in Victoria or Australia, there's some uh, controversial legislation that's going through the parliament at the moment. It's called the pandemic legislation or the pandemic bill. It basically allows the government to lock us up. Lock us up. Mm. Um, and it, there's a lot of protests and everything going on. And they really were trying to get this bill through parliament this week. And I thought to myself, if the Queen dies... Parliament's off. Oh, we that's go a in, very good thought. We go into a week of mourning immediately. Yeah. There's like no official business is meant to happen. And I mm. think that would rule out Parliament. So then I was like, the state government so mm. want to get this through. They didn't think about this. Long story short, they didn't think about this surprise vote that's happened. Mm. And they may not have considered the Queen dying. She could derail everything. Although I'm worried about it, I don't think she's going to die. So you don't queen, reckon? Queen Mum lived to 101. Right. And our Queen yes. has had more of her life where medicine has been more advanced, if mm. you know what I mean. Well, today is her 74th wedding anniversary. Mm. There's the grief. Do you see how across this situation yes, I am I know about you are. sovereign? There's the grief she's mm. felt about Philip. But I think 
she's obviously got a very strong constitution. She's very like her mother. So I think she'll be all right. But I don't like it. I don't like all these weird, vague, sprained back things. What is that? It's very stressful. And she doesn't just lightly miss a remembrance day. She's lived a life of service, the woman. She doesn't just not honour service. She's a goddess. She is. Mm, In Mm. a crown. Uh, I've got a UK story. Shall I go first? Hit us. Righto. 1987, Tunbridge Wells, which is in the UK, on Monday, the, uh, June the 22nd, so it's their summer, just after 11pm at night, a 25-year-old woman named Wendy Nell said goodnight to her boyfriend. Wendy Nell. Yeah, K-N-E-L-L. Uh, said goodnight to her boyfriend. She went home to her flat in Guildford Road. Now, the next day she didn't turn up for work at the Super Snaps store, which is a photo development. Oh, I was going to say, what's Super anymore, Snaps? Yeah, okay. Mm. Uh, staff called her boyfriend. He went to the flat. He climbed through an open window and he found her body on the bed. She'd mm. been beaten about the head oh. and strangled. And police found evidence of what they described as a vile sexual assault oh, no. that been, had been carried out after her death. Oh, So they, remember this is 1987, so they collected <laughs> saliva. Why is this funny? It's not funny. Remember the first oh, time I did a um, necrophilia story. There's a bit of necrophilia was, coming up. You were so outraged by me yeah. and that I had yep. dared to bring that into this yeah. pod. And now you're just like, yeah. we're just... Brace yourself. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, they collected saliva mm-hmm. and other DNA from Wendy's bedding and towel and from her body. Remember, 1987, DNA, not what it is sure. today. Yeah, of course. Five months later and less than a mile away, 20-year-old Caroline Pierce caught a taxi home to her flat in the basement of her building in Grosvenor Park. Oh, no. And she failed to turn up for work the next day at Buster Brown's restaurant on Camden Road in uh, London. Okay. It was three weeks later that her body, raped and strangled, oh. was found 40 miles away on Romney Marsh in Kent. So police were able to collect semen from Caroline's tights. That was the only item mm-hmm. of clothing that she was still wearing when her body was found. Okay. They noticed a link between those two murders. Both women had distinctive key rings that had been stolen by their killer. Distinctive key rings? Yeah. Although I suppose they were kind of, you know, those plastic ones with the name on. They were a thing back or... in the day, right? Yeah. yeah. Someone gave me one, uh, Diane. I think it was a hunter. Oh, Diana was a hunter. I can't deal with when people call Diane. you Diane. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's so weird. Mm. Uh both of these women had lived in ground floor flats. They'd lived not far from each other. They didn't know each other, though. But there had been reports of a prowler in the area at the time mm-hmm. and reports of a man who'd been looking through their windows. So their case became known as the bedsit killings. Um, so police had collected the DNA evidence, but at the time they didn't know whose DNA it was. So they were able to get a profile, sure. didn't know how to track down who it was at that time. 30 years later, December 2020, police were conducting a series of cold case reviews. They had a major breakthrough in DNA evidence and they had a suspect. His name was David Fuller. Do you always get sus in a show if they have the killer really early in the piece? You think, hmm, what else is coming? Yeah, where are we going to the next hour? Yeah. Uh, So David Fuller was a hospital worker. Are there red flags going off here? Hospital? Yeah, okay. He had started work as an electrician two years after those murders had happened all those years ago, but he was still working in the hospital. He worked at the Kent and Sussex Hospital in uh, Tunbridge Wells. That hospital closed in 2011, but he was given work at the replacement hospital that was built, Tunbridge Wells Hospital. And his colleagues described him as affable and helpful, but he did have a criminal past. 
Now, in 2015, this was around the time of the Jimmy Savile yep. revelations. Um, and one of the things that Jimmy Savile did, apart from being a filthy, dirty uh, pedophile, was he had sexually assaulted patients in hospitals when he'd gone to visit them. Right. Hey, kids, Jimmy Savile's oh. here to see you and cheer you up. Uh, he'd been committing all sorts of horrible oh, crimes that really there. takes some, like, you've got to be pretty confident, right? Anyway, it's a sidetracking Jimmy, Jimmy Savile. Savile. Or the, yeah. 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 Oh, Ugh. yeah. Ugh. I just watched, there's another series I've been watching on, I think it's on Foxtel called The Detectives. Everyone's telling me about that show. Yeah. I think the first series may be on ABC, ABC iView. Yeah, it's really good. It's short. There's only like three episodes a season. I need to watch it. It's an English one and it's a fly on the wall. You're watching the cops as they're actually yeah, doing an investigation. Yeah, everyone's telling me about this. I've heard quite a few, quite a yeah, lot about it. Yeah, because one of them is linked to Jimmy Savile. Okay. They investigate a guy who was a, a really good friend. I think he was Jimmy, used to drive Jimmy Savile around like his chauffeur or okay. friend and he ran a record shop and they investigate him for similar crimes. So yeah. I won't spoil it any more than okay. that. The detective's definitely uh, worth watching. Um, so... Because of the Jimmy, Jimmy Savile case, they then wanted hospital checks on uh, – sorry, criminal checks on all people who worked in hospitals. Okay. And so that's where they picked up that this uh, Fuller, Fuller bloke had um, had a criminal record for burglary convictions. In fact, it's believed he had done at least 30 burglaries back in the 1970s. And yet somehow – I don't know what's happened here, but he was allowed to keep his all-access hospital pass. Oh. He'd never actually served time for those crimes. Okay. Um, so uh, he would work late shifts at the hospital and the investigations of, uh, investigators eventually found out that he would sometimes go into the morgue when other staff had left using his swipe card. Okay. So 2019. Oh, no. The reinvestigation and they've got enhanced DNA no. technology. And they took the sample from Caroline's – that's right. They took the sample from Caroline's tights and the sample from Wendy's body, did their checks <sighs> on the National DNA database, and it showed a close match to 90 people. They gradually whittled it down to a relative of Fuller and then to David Fuller himself. So he denied knowing those two women, but he was arrested and his DNA matched the killers and his fingerprint matched one – that they had found in blood on a plastic sure. bag that was found at Wendy's flat. So in 2019, 67-year-old David Fuller was charged with the murders of Wendy and Caroline. And the police went and raided his home. Mm. And they found sure. four hard drives packed with millions of images and videos of abuse. Of him? Well, a lot of it was off the internet, but right. a lot he had made himself. Five terabytes, I don't even know how much that actually is, but it sounds like a lot. It's a lot. Five terabytes of data storage. It had been attached to the back of a cupboard uh, because he was married. He'd been married for, I think, around about 20 years, and his wife left him once this all came to light. Oh, Terry Bell's right there, yes. Was he? Let's move it right here, so if we need it. Were there images of him? Sexually assaulting dead bodies yes. in the oh yes in the mortuary yes uh, yeah okay everything okay. the police described it as a library of unimaginable sexual depravity wow and going by dates and what they were able to put together he they were able to say that he had spent at least twelve years abusing corpses <gasps> in the hospital mortuary I'm including sure including. Could... <gasps> 
three children between 2008 and November 2020. So he'd taken pictures of himself violating the bodies. He'd organised the photos into folders. He kept a diary of his victims' names. After he had violated them, he went went back to the mortuary ledgers and used the identification tags on the bodies to find out their names. He then searched their lives on Facebook, which I, I don't know why I find that so horrible. Like not only did he defile them in the mortuary, but he then went and looked at their lives and their to relatives to find were. out who they were. Isn't that horrible? I'm just trying to look up. Oh, I should not be looking this up on a work phone, but uh, if you can get a disease from necrophilia. Oh, well, probably you could, yeah. Because I'm thinking if he was doing this for how many years? Did you say 12 Oh, yes, at least 12, yeah. And then he's probably also having sex with his wife. Yes, that was my first thought. I mean, you the first thing is, oh, why didn't you see it happening? But that, you can't think like that. You've got to think she's a victim too. And, yeah, like gross. Imagine oh, for her knowing. That's what I mean. It like, had been there, there and, and it was there. Yeah, he was 67, maybe not so much of it going on, but oh. still horrible for her. Um, yeah, looking up. Their lives on Facebook, I just found, oh, it's like violation upon violation. So police have, I think, still been unable to identify about 20 of the victims. But so 99 known victims aged between 9 and 100. And then so imagine you've laid your nan to rest. Yeah. And then cops turn up on the door one day. And tell you this, yes. And tell you, oh, you know how your nan lived that lovely, wholesome life. Yep. And she, you thought she had a great life and she went out at 99. Well, I am just want to um, – Fuller, uh, he raped your grandma. What? Well, no, that did happen. And that's interesting you raise that now because um, here's the reaction from the mother of one of his victims. So among them was a young woman, 24-year-old woman called Azra Kamal. He had raped her body three times. Oh, my God. So poor Azra had died in an awful accident. So she fell five metres from a bridge. And I'm terrible. It was doing this pod, I think. My first thought was, oh, is that, you know, like a, a nice way of saying she jumped from a bridge? Yeah. But that wasn't the case. So she had been driving along with a friend. Her car caught fire. And witnesses and the friend who survived the accident saw her and the friend jump out of the Ford Focus that was on fire. They both tried to get across the road to the central reservation. This is on the, I think, the A1, which is a busy motorway. Um, They made it to the central reservation and they were trying to flag down cars for help. But in a panic, she tried to climb over another barrier that was about waist height. She fell through a gap between the two roads and she fell to the ground below about five metres down and she died of these awful injuries. And by the sound of it, a really bright young woman. She was a law graduate at the London School of Economics. But so when the um, the police then obviously had to go and tell her mother, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce her name, it's N-E-V-R-E-S. Would that just be Nev or Nevre? Yeah, yeah. I'll say Nevres. Um She was interviewed later by UK Sky News and she said he had entered the morgue and autopsy area thousands of times, not just hundreds, but thousands. And when police initially to- initially told her that he- Fuller had raped her daughter's dead body, she grabbed a knife 
and she wanted to just go to where he was. She knew that he was being held at a police station nearby. She wanted to go and kill him there and then. She said, the rage, my only thought was he's not going to get away with this. I'd just been told he'd raped her in a hospital where she was dead. It was incomprehensible. I felt I had to take things into my own hands, find him, punish him. I'm her mother. So she didn't. Obviously, Mm. they were able to stop her before she did that. But you can imagine for every one of those victims, same thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, ahead of his trial on the murder charges, Fuller pleaded guilty to 51 offences, including 44 relating to necrophilia. And at first he denied murdering Wendy and Caroline, the original two girls. He claimed manslaughter due to diminished responsibility, which is just a load of rubbish. Um, in November, 2021, this is quite recent, Partway through the murder trial for the two girls, he uh, eventually admitted killing Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce, and he admitted having sex with both of their dead bodies. Police said it was very likely that he had met both of those women before he killed them. He had been a customer at Super Snaps where Wendy worked, mm-hmm. and his diaries show that he went to Buster Brown's restaurant, which is on the same road where Caroline worked. Um Libby Clark from the Crown Prosecution Service said that David Fuller's deeply distressing crimes are unlike any other I have ever encountered in my career and unprecedented in British legal history. She described him as having an uncontrolled sense of sexual entitlement and that he had treated Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce with extreme depravity. And she said, Fuller's appalling crimes do not end with these killings. And he went on to abuse his position of trust as a hospital electrician in the most grotesque manner imaginable. No British court has ever seen abuse on this scale against the dead. And the Prime Minister actually issued a statement. He said he shared in the revulsion and concern by people across the country, found the sickening nature of the crimes difficult to comprehend. So he's actually yet to be, yet to be sentenced. Right. Um, he faces a mandatory life sentence because he's pleaded guilty. Sure. Um, so that's how we're able to talk about it, obviously, now. He faces a mandatory life sentence because he killed two victims, sexually attacked them and tried to conceal his crimes. He could be jailed for the rest of his life without parole. Mm. Um, and I will just share one other thing here. This was some footage that the police released of um, Fuller when he was in custody and being interviewed by the detectives. It's a little bit hard to hear because he's wearing a mask. Obviously, this okay. happened during COVID. Um, and one of the things he says is, I want to admit I'm admitting, admitting the offences, but I don't really want to go into detail. Uh, just the most bizarre, horrible man. So we'll play that here. It was always in the evenings, David. It was always evening time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How we, we know that... I want to admit that I am admitting the offences, but I don't really want to go into detail. Yeah. Okay. Um, I appreciate that. And what offences are you admitting, David? As you've just described to me. Okay. In terms of the sexual penetration of corpses. Okay. Do you know why you started? No. The second part to this, David, is the recording, isn't it? Of of what's been happening. Okay? We'll have to go through that in a little bit more detail, but just for now, David. Alright? Just for now. Alright? When... When that's been happening, okay, 
Alright. Have you been recording yourself doing those things? Recording yourself sexually penetrating the corpses. Yeah. Okay. Did you record their names? Yes. Okay. Did you record their ages? Yes. Okay. Why did you record what was going on? I don't know why. What did you retain the recordings for? I don't know either. Okay. Was it for further sexual pleasure, David? You know, in, in the same way as somebody would keep pornography or yeah. things like that? Was it for further sexual pleasure? No. There we are. Okay, that's horrific. Revolting. Lock him up. Really Hope out, he dies soon. Really outdid yourself with that one, didn't you? I'm sorry, it's not mm. Christmassy. I know it's special. Oh well, Christmas I am episode. bringing the Christmas murders. Of course you are. Here I am. Set properly. Oh, murder! There it is. Murder. Okay, so we are going to Christmas 1992, and we are in Dayton, Ohio, and we're looking at the lives of four young friends. Their names are Marvellous Keen. He is 19. Uh, his girlfriend is Laura Taylor. She's 16. Demarcus Smith is 17, and his girlfriend is Heather Matthews, and she's 20. Uh, Marvellous is a good student. Never been in trouble, but he. Starts to Aren't you to... tempted to say it as marvellous? I keep trying to say it as marvellous, but I'm sure it's marvellous. You don't it's... reckon they named him it so that people would call him? Well, it's M-A-R-V-A-L-L-O-U-S, marvellous. You say it how you like. I'm hearing it in my head as okay. marvellous. All right. Well, uh, he's a good student. He's staying out of trouble, but his brother had actually died the year before, in 1991, his brother had died while committing a robbery. Uh, Marvellus became depressed, virtually gave up on his education, um, and it, it all went downhill. He went to live with his dad, um, but that didn't work out. He ended up coming back to Ohio, living with his mum, but that became really difficult. That relationship broke down, and he ends up in a share house. Now, it's in that share house situation that Marvellus and his friends decide they need to make quick money because they've got no supports, etc. You can see the picture. So they pondered how they would do this. And the best idea they could come up with was to get uh, his girlfriend and Heather. So Laura and Heather, yeah. they said they made this plan where Laura and Heather would agree to have an orgy with a man called Joseph Wilkinson. Is this the four of them together all talked about that's the best they could work out? That's they didn't think of picking lemons off a tree? No. Making, getting some sugar? Orgy. Right. Okay. So lemonade? Joseph is actually uh, a person that's known to Laura Taylor. Uh, and they contact him and they tell him they're going to have this orgy on Christmas Eve. See how I'm bringing this Christmas spirit? Yes. Um, and I don't think Santa wants anything to do with this. I know, though. but here we are. <laughs> so the women go to Joseph's home. Uh, they tie him to the bed, and then out of nowhere, Marvellus appears and shoots him dead. Oh, yeah. Why? Because they want to rob him. Oh, yes. Right. 
for all of that planning, the big grand plan, they come away with a microwave oven, a small TV, a phone, a curling iron, a blow dryer, and his car. Yeah. Wow. So they haven't made as big of a bounty as they would have liked to out of that. So on they continue. The four friends begin roaming the streets looking for people to rob. The next victim they find is Danita Gullet. She's an 18-year-old mother and she's standing in a phone booth making a call when Marvellis approaches her, points a gun at her and says, Merry Christmas, bitch. Hang he, on, hang on. Yes. Hello. If you if you want to if you're robbing people mm. for money, yeah, eighteen year olds are not the target. Keep that thought. Go for the rich businessman or something. Keep okay. that All thought. Right. Points the gun at her and says, "Merry Christmas, bitch." And if she's in a phone box, she has hasn't got a mobile phone. Like if this she can't is even... why you are not out robbing people. Right. Okay. So he tells her to take her shoes off. She's wearing some kind of sneakers that he wants. Uh, before firing at her in the phone booth as she begged for her life. She had a total of 50 cents on her. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the last victim for the group on Christmas Eve was, again, someone known to them. This time it was Heather Matthews' ex-boyfriend, Jeffrey Wright. He was shot by DeMarcus as he stood outside on the street and despite being shot several times in the legs, he actually survived. So they didn't get anything from him. But the two women in the group are not done with their exes yet. So the next day, being Christmas Day, while everyone's opening presents and having a lovely time, uh, Laura Taylor shot her ex-boyfriend dead. His name was Richard Richmond Maddox. Uh, her and Marvellis then carjacked someone at a petrol station. Then they go about their Christmas Day. The next day on Boxing Day, do other countries call it Boxing Day? Yes, okay. I think so. Okay, I didn't know if that was just unique to us. The next day... Well, England definitely does. I'm now I'm wondering if America does. It's the 26th of December. Yeah. The four friends, uh, they go into a mini-mart. They wait for 38-year-old Sarah Abraham to hand over the contents of the register, a grand total of $44, oh. before they shoot her dead too. Hmm. Don't by, need to kill her. Yes, correct. <sighs> now, it's a three-day killing spree at this point, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, uh, and they start to get a little panicky at this stage. They're a little worried. So they decide they need to clean up after themselves, and they do that by uh, going back back to where they shot the guy in the legs, the yeah. ex, and they kill uh, Marvin Washington, who's 19, and Wendy Cottrell, who is 16, and they shoot those two because they had witnessed that shooting and that victim was still alive. So um, they were worried that, that, that they would snitch, so they lured them to a gravel pit and Marvelous, uh, Marvellous, see, I keep going to say Marvellous, <laughs> Marvellous and Demarcus killed them. Now, the murdering spree could have gone on and on and on because hmm. they are just going for it. But what happened was a police officer, remember the, the car that they've carjacked? Yeah. A police officer spots the car, knows that it was stolen, pulls it over. Mm. And lo and behold, as soon as he pulls it over, they find guns in the car and they all just confess. <laughs> These are possibly the dumbest uh, money makers that we've yeah. ever come across. So Detective Doyle Burke told the, 
the Dayton Daily News, sometimes on this job, you can look at the scene and get an idea of why. But in some cases, and this is a good example, there is no why. There is no reason whatsoever. Just no brain cells between them. And I think you can look at a murder and go, yeah, Custard's okay. baby is more advanced. Yeah, correct. exactly. At six weeks. Clever. Correct. Very clever. <laughs> it was just two weeks. The clever came at two weeks. Um, so because of their age, uh, Laura and Demarcus Smith were spared capital punishment. Heather, she did the flip. She agreed to snitch um, oh. and she cut a deal to testify. Oh. So as a result of that, she was, she was spared. Right. Are you going to flip? I love it when uh, they turn on each other. I, I just know, love it. same. Yep. Are you going to flip, Kirst? Would you flip? Oh, oh I don't depend- know. I don't know. It depends what's on offer. Well, death penalties on the cards. Death penalty? Yeah. So if death penalty is yeah, there. I'd probably, your instinct so would kick in to save She yourself. flipped to, to spare herself from the death penalty. Yeah, I'd squeal. Yeah. It depends how much you, you <laughs> sing like the a canary. I'm, I'm yeah. you're, you're squealing. Okay. Yeah. 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 Dee not sure yet. Well, it depends how much you love the other people. Like if, if I'd done a murder with my husband, I wouldn't flip on him. Oh, I wouldn't true. flip on you. I wouldn't flip on Curse. Thanks. But if I'd done it with, you know, the guy over the road, yeah, he's toast. Yeah. yeah. I'm dobbing him in. He's yeah. get copping all the blame. Right. Yeah. So it depends how deep the loyalty flows for That's you. That's right. Right. Yes. Okay. It's mm. very wise. Um, so as for Marvellis, he wrote a letter of remorse after he was arrested and claimed that uh, he was depressed because of his brother, but it didn't save him. On July 21, 2009, he was put to death by lethal injection. Oh, gosh. As for Heather, Laura and Demarcus, they are still in jail and there is a strong, strong chance that they will never be given parole. Wow. Yeah. Well, good, because they're idiots. Right. Like, you just don't want people that dumb moving around on the streets. Just that. Because they didn't. Like, if you were going to rob someone. You've got to go at least wealthy people, right? Years ago, when Kira and I were just young bucks and we really wanted to buy a house. Sure. And and Where we were trying to going? think, how can we get well? <laughs> how can we get the money? How can we? How long will it take us to save the money we need? Yeah. And I would lay in bed at night and think, I wonder how you actually do a robbery, a bank robbery. I did think about it. I'm I glad thought, that you didn't follow through with that. I know. I, I decided it would be too hard. You can't do robberies in 2021. Well, this was going. This was back in the 1990s. Yeah, that's what I 90s. mean. Like you can probably do it then, but I'm just saying, like if you were to th- ponder that now, too much CCTV. Yes, you'll get caught. You 100 percent get caught. Always. There's no way. There's no way. Like my car to drive here, I've been pinged through tolls. My ca- my car's been seen on yep. every camera on every freeway. Yeah. There's well, did no you listen way. to that? I that podcast, The Lighthouse. It was a yeah the guy that we're missing in Sydney. And they were able, and I didn't realise, your, your own Google data, whenever you carry your phone yep. everywhere, it can literally pinpoint where you are yes. any second in the day yes. to almost the inch, mm-hmm. almost the inch you know where you are. I've been listing, uh, there's been an anti-corruption probe that's been going on in Melbourne. Yes. And there's lots of, it's it's been so amazing to, to listen to because they do things like they ask the person that's on the stand. And did you ever have a conversation with uh, person A or B? Oh, not that I can recall. And then without even replying, the counsel assisting just goes, can we bring up exhibit 42, yes, 42G? Yes, I love it. The phone recording? Yes. Yep. Can we just play that? 
Yes. And then you hear the phone taps. Yes. And they're just talking away. And I think they'll tap your phone. They've yep. got all these messages. They can tell if they were read or unread. Like, and they're saying to him, this person sent you this message. And he goes, oh, well, maybe I didn't read it. And they go, well, if you can just move that, can we just move that cursor over? Yep. Yep. So this column shows if the message is read or not. That's interesting, though. They know everything. But even if they have got that, like I know they can see if the message was was opened. Yes. But they don't know that that person was looking at their phone. They actually can't prove that. I know. Yeah. But who opens the message and doesn't read it? Well, you can't do a generalisation. They could could quite rightly say, oh, I didn't look at it. No, I know no one does, really. But as a legal argument, you could say, well, no, someone else opened that. Yeah. Someone else was holding my phone. It's just you can't. You can't. can't prove it. Should we do some feedbacks? Let's. I just a show popped into my head, and I, I keep Billy Milligan. It's on Billy Milligan. I think it's on Netflix. He's got twenty four personalities. I'm just recommending it, just in case anyone cares. Okay, I've got one from Russ. He right. says, "Hello, ladies. Nice things. Nice things. I love the podcast, and I've been." binging to catch up i was i was i was a little bit late to the game i just listened to the btk killer episode that was the one i did uh, i wanted to clear something up as dennis raider's american accent may have thrown you off his method started with trolling not trolling 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 not trolling ah. so he would basically cruise around fishing for a victim and then once he found someone he liked he would start to stalk them that would absolutely it would be an accent thing with that yeah love your work keep them coming thank you russ i appreciate Thanks that totally nice threw things. me the accent appreciate you uh matthew says hi ladies nice things nice things my name is matt i just started listening and enjoy the banter thanks matt thank you don't really have a dead body st- what are you doing here? why are you emailing us don't really have a dead body story, but in my current job, I do call centre work through working from home for the pharmaceutical benefits scheme. Ah. Doctors and nurses call me in regards to a prescription they wish to write for their patient that has restrictions, mostly due ah. to quantity requested, but also the nature of the drug as well, ah. to get approval from the PBS so their prescription can receive a subsidy. This process usually involves a prescriber answering a series of questions to assess whether the prescription qualifies. This better be going somewhere, Matt. <laughs> Been doing the job for a few months now, and I get the impression the doctors hate to jump through hoops and red tape. Yes. And I do think it's a little bit over the top too. Okay. But hey, it's keeping me employed during COVID. Sure. When did this come through? September. Uh, One of the things that me and my colleagues find a bit dicey in these phone conversations is that because some of the drugs are being used for palliative or terminal patients, and this is important in regards to assessing whether a prescription qualifies for subsidy, we have to be mindful of what we say because the patient is sometimes listening in on speakerphone. Most GPs will call us during a consult with a patient as they are completing a script. As such, we prefer to ask questions about whether drug X is being used for a terminal patient as part of the assessment one-on-one with the doctor without the patient listening in to hear us talking about them essentially going to die. In my experience, the patient is already accepting of this and it's more us feeling uneasy talking about someone as an object of a discussion in a third person about said topic. On one of these occasions, I requested the doctor to take me off speakerphone so I could speak to him one-on-one to ask whether drug X was being prescribed for a patient requiring palliative care as part of the approval assessment. And his response was, well, they don't know about it, yes. Oh, they don't know about it yet, but yes, it will be for palliative care. There was a sudden pause on the doctor's end of the call as he realised what he had said. 
while his patient was in the room with him. No. No. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, was going to suggest a podcast topic, but for the life of me, can't think of anything that would top what the team has already done. I'm way behind, so I better catch up. All the best, Matt. Oh, dear. Oopsies, doctor. I've got one here from Amanda. She says, hi, ladies. I recently put up a request on Facebook to all my bubbly friends for a new podcast. My aunt strongly suggested dead bodies, so I thought I'd check it out. And I haven't stopped for three days. I love the honesty and bluntness in your banter so much. Some of the words questions and statements you make are exact things I think to myself while listening and then I say out aloud I can't believe she just said that and it makes me all warm and fuzzy inside because you're real please don't stop as for dead bodies the only dead body I've seen is that of my grandmother Mm. in brackets r.i.p very respectful, Amanda. In her casket on the day of her funeral, I felt such an urge to see her and say goodbye one last time and it brought such closure to me. Anywho, wanted to reach out, say hello. I'm thoroughly enjoying everything you do and agree with other listeners on t-shirts. Lockdown ruined t-shirts for us. Lockdown ruined this podcast. Everything. <laughs> ruined everything. Hopefully next year we'll come back with renewed vigor. Yes. Mm. Uh, Jimmy... Email in two parts. Appreciate a two-parter. Jimmy says, hey, ladies, nice things, nice things. You guys actually – oh, okay, we'll just skip the nice things. Um, I, I like to read them. You Read them. It's embarrassing. Just read them. You guys actually rock. See, I need this for my ego. It's been crushed lately. And, uh, <laughs> pod. Oh, says the woman with uh, 200,000 Twitter followers. They love you. Oh, they, they all are. Love Everyone's you. been really nice to me on the internet lately. Yeah, it's it's really nice. So yeah. they should be too. You're Thank hilarious. You. The guy, you guys actually rock and love your podcast, which was recommended through to me at the beginning of the Auckland lockdown. Auckland lockdown, currently up to episode 82. I'll catch up, Jimmy. Come on. However, John Wayne Gacy's episode 77. Wow, what the actual hell? I was so horrified slash disturbed by this story and how much he actually got away with. I needed to know more and I stumbled across a doco series, John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. I would highly recommend this to the listeners. Great. They interview Gacy and OMG, what an absolute creep he is. Now, Jimmy signs this off saying, I unfortunately don't have any dead body stories. But then he comes back. But I love this podcast, so keep up the good work. But then, okay, so that was on November the 2nd. November the 15th, Jimmy's back. Okay. Starts with, so, since I've emailed you about this documentary, honestly, the twists and turns at the end of it's crazy. Anyways, I now have seen... A dead body. <gasps> 13 days. That's all it took. Yeah. My partner and I were walking down Queen Street in Auckland over the weekend. A whole bunch of police were out the front of the chemist. Yeah. Oh, it appears a homeless man may have passed oh. and was covered in a white sheet. Oh, dear. Oh. It was eerie. As normal life continued down the busy street while there was lots of police, we walked back up the street half an hour later and the body and the police were all gone. Well, they're not going to leave it there, Jimmy. He manifested it maybe, yeah. though, because he wanted uh, to see Oh, one. his question is, how long – this is Chanel, you'll be equipped to answer this – how long does it usually take for dead bodies to be taken away? Oh, depends on the circumstances. Depends on if it's a murder, if it's oh. – if it's just oh, – I don't want to say just. I need to stop saying the word just. Mm. If it is perhaps someone who has overdosed something that's quite obvious and not straight sinister, forward. straightforward, thank yeah. you, then not that long. But 
oh, some of the homicides I've been to, the body can be laying on the road for hours. I remember one, I think I've told you about this. It was one of the first dead bodies I saw. Man shot dead in the middle of the street. And um, yeah, his body was there oh, from the time I got to the scene almost until the time I left. Wow. And we're there for hours. And even if it starts raining, then they come and put the little tent over it and keep it there because they don't want to move anything. They need to wait for forensics. It can take ages. So they need to collect all the... Yeah. Whatever's all around it and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Can take quite a while. Well, I suppose it doesn't, it's not going to make a difference, is it? Mm. It's just a respect thing. Or... You know what's interesting as well? Remember how I, I said uh, back on the pod quite a while ago that I had been um, trampling all, all over a crime scene once yes. and then there was blood everywhere? Yeah. Yes. And then for that reason, I never bought expensive shoes to wear to work because I never knew where I was going to end up. So I, Nico said to me the other day mm. when I was like buying cheap shoes to wear to work, he's like, you're not on the crime round anymore. Can you spend some money and <laughs> get nice game. shoes? What were you in, like sensible nurse loafers? Yeah, Apologies was, to nurse, I was nurses. Just in, I was like in Kmart loafers, you know, because yeah. like they were getting ruined. So I could chuck them out. Anyway, yeah, this. Rachel has uh, sent an email. Hey, Chanel, Dee and Kirsten. Nice things, ladies. Nice things. I just wanted to write and say what a bloody brilliant podcast you've created. I got my first set of AirPods for Mother's Day this year. Oh, they're life-changing. And have been binging with my household cleaning. That is the best time to listen to a podcast. Mm. Except for when you're vacuuming. I can't combine the two. It's too noisy. Oh, no, you can't. I agree. Mm. Uh, Rachel says, I even tell my husband to leave the washing alone as my now favorite pastime is listening to the pod, folding clothes and pretending I'm listening to my family's request whilst nodding and smiling at them really with you guys in my ears. <laughs> I love that. I'm actually a dog groomer by trade and get oh. to hang with dogs all day for my job. I'm Ooh. so jealous. I even get to take my dogs to work with me. P.S. Love the dog banter. The funniest thing that's happened a few years ago at my work when we had some new tenants move into the building next door to ours. It was actually a morgue that moved in. Oh. Every other business in the complex complained about them, except for my boss and I, as we were way too intrigued about possible dead body sightings. I am on board with this. <laughs> but to our dismay and probably delight of the complaining businesses, you wouldn't even know it was a morgue as they have everything so well hidden with large curtains and fridges. I've seen the odd coffins and hearsts, but no dead bodies. My boss has seen some body bags being carted in after hours and some bio waste get picked up, but that's about it. However, I get a great chuckle when we have a sensitive client work out what the business is and ask, do they have bodies in there? Whilst they look terrified, probably thinking a dead body will just pop out and say hello to them. <laughs> um, anyway, on the dead bodies part, I've witnessed one in my lifetime. Oh. I had never been confronted with death until I was 20 years old. No funerals, no one died that I knew, and then Bam, we got a phone call during the night that my uncle was on life support at the hospital. Once our whole family was there, they took him off life support and I was definitely not prepared for what happened. It was shocking to say the least. The sounds he made and colors his skin turn as he passed is still etched into my brain. Least to say, my first experience was a full-on one. My uncle passed from a brain hemorrhage due to liver failure, so it was sudden and fast. Nothing gory, but I remember everything Every time I shut my eyes for months after, she would think about that image. Yeah. I'm absolutely fascinated with everything death-related, but it was a very big reality-checking moment when you actually witness it happening, an experience I hope I don't see anytime soon. However, I'm still that... 
I'm still the weirdo that always wonders if things thrown on the side of the road or in the bush will have a dead body in them. Yes. I did that the other day. Yes. yes. I'm yet to discover one and probably <laughs> probably be too scared. Thanks for the great pod, great banter, and being amazing women. I really respect all three of you so much for the strong, hilarious, and hardworking women you are. You're oh, my kind of people, nice. and I just love it. Regards, Rachel. And she added some photos of her. Yes, which you I have just... failed. I have failed because when I tried to cut and paste them and move them across, the pictures didn't come, and I don't know why the pictures didn't come, but they were fluffers. They well, were, Felix ooh. the Poodle and yes. and Cece the Chihuahua. I, I've seen them, and I can tell you they were cute. Okay, I appreciate that. That's interesting about the colour of the dead body because I was watching a film last night. I can't remember. It had I've never Denzel actually Washington seen someone actually die. Okay. You've seen them dead, though. I've seen lots but of dead. There, there was a body in a morgue. Yeah. And I thought, I bet that the makeup artist has never actually had to. I, I wonder, they must have to go to a morgue and see a real dead body so they know what colour of makeup to put on the actor or act. Yeah, well, see, my to make TikTok them look dead, algorithm. You could see the person wasn't dead. They're my TikTok pink. algorithm is all fucked up on morgues. What? So I follow I a couple that. of people on TikTok that work in morgues oh, and they do Q&As about – and like one guy, <laughs> he's in the States, he is so just out there. He's like, yep, yeah, so when you die, we put a, a plug in your butt and oh. uh, one goes mm-hmm. in your vagina if you're oh. a woman and then we uh, take all your guts out and then we put them back in and uh, blah, 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 blah. Like he just talks about all of it about everything that happens to you. Hmm. I find it very interesting though, but you know, like we're on the couch and Nicholas is watching James Bond and then in the background he can hear we put a <laughs> plug in your butt and then one in your vagina. I look at that stuff every now and again, but I can only take like a certain amount and then I have to switch it off. Yeah, because this year has been exhausting. So Yeah. Well, we need to let Kirsten go and change a nappy. <laughs> Be a mummy. Do a- do the do the hundred times tables with a child. Yeah. Yeah. So smart. <laughs> We're doing um, yeah, trigonometry is two months lessons. Has she got a license yet, Kirsten? Is oh, she driving? She's learning. She's, got a, she's, yeah. she's gone straight to pen license. She didn't even – Not a grey lead would not touch those hands. No, no. Oh, bless her. Bless her. Bless her. She's going to make an appearance on this pod one day. Oh, no, I don't think so. If she can't go on Facebook. <laughs> She'll be talking next week, so she probably We will. don't want to jinx her. We can't just, associate. It's the thing now. Sweet. I Oh, baby. Cursed child, <laughs> yeah. the smartest of all three of us. <laughs> it's true. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. We'll be back with you hopefully in the new year when we get our acts together. Yes, Merry Christmas. I hope everyone has a lovely, safe time. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vella and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.